Hello everyone, thanks for tuning in. I'm Elise Mullen, host of this week's episode of Bookmarked and Dog-Eared, a podcast about writing and creativity. Today we're sitting down with Emily Larrabee, who graduated from SCAD in 2018 with a BFA in illustration. She illustrated the children's book A Million Pennies Worth by Amanda Doster, and also created the cover art for Cindy Greitz, Sydney Shag, and the Sirens. I hope you enjoy. How would you describe your artistic style? It's very colorful. It's very kid-friendly. I like playing with a lot of shapes and patterns. I look at a lot of 50s and 60s animation art for a lot of the color. And then I also take a lot of inspiration from Frozen. If you've seen like the rose mailing patterns. Yeah. I love like the geometric shapes like that in mid-century are kind of like right up my alley. On your website and what you sort of were just talking about, uh, you say that your work has always kind of been kid-friendly. Was that a conscious decision? Was that something the audience you found yourself creating work for worked most often? Um, It was a little bit of both. It's kind of just what I naturally gravitated towards. And then like the older I got, I was like, okay, well, this is the style that I make. So let's just kind of lean into it. And so then the more children's media work I got, just the more I leaned into it and it just kind of fed off each other. So now it is conscious decision-making, but back then it was just kind of what I was doing. Mm -hmm. How did you get into illustration? Was that something you've always kind of been drawn to? It wasn't. I started SCAD as an animation major and that's what I was going to go for. And I got into my 3D animation class and I just like, I didn't enjoy it. And then I wasn't sure what was out there for 2D. Because mm-hmm. like right in that moment is kind of when 2D started to come back a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, there's not gonna be any jobs unless I do 3D and I don't like 3D. And even back then I knew that I wanted to do design for animation, not actual animating. Oh, cool. So then I found illustration and just kind of made that swap over and it worked out much, much better. (laughs) Yeah. You graduated a few years ago. How has life been Mm -hmm. post-grad and in your career path? What are you kind of most proud of this far? Thus far, I, my first book that I did, it was self-published by a friend of a family member and it's that Millions of Pennies Worth. It's by Amanda Dodster. And she wrote it for her mom. And it was just a present for her mom originally. And then she ended up deciding to publish it. And so it ended up getting posted to Reddit on like some like wholesome posts blog. And it ended up getting like really big and everybody was talking about it. So that was really cool to see. That's really awesome. Do you think that obviously must have been very surprising? Is that what you would like to continue moving forward? Or are you kind of still in like the I'll try anything? I'm kind of still in I'll try anything. Um, I'm working in on a character design job right now. And that's kind of where I've always envisioned myself, but I also really, really like book illustration. So I'm going to be a hundred percent fine with going back between those two 
things probably forever because I really like both. So kind of going off of that, I guess, and it's something that you just kind of talked about, but I'm curious too, is that um, it's also hard to know because you're still so close to being out of school. So you have so much more to experience, but what's your dream job? Is it still the happy medium of either option or is there something you're trying to set towards? I think dream job, I would love to work on like TV animation, like doing character design and animation design. Like, I think that that's still what I would like to do, but I didn't expect to like book illustration as much as I have. And being out of school, I've seen a lot of people be able to juggle both. Mm. So the book illustration is something that I am much more interested in now that I've kind of gotten to experience it. I'm like, this is really fun. I like getting to do this. So yeah, it's kind of morphed into, I'd be happy doing either both. And it's a successful thing too. I feel like a lot of people either get out of school or even during school, they kind of veer off their path that they thought they were going towards just to get more experience. But that's really awesome that you were able to get a successful start with it. (laughs) It was, it was definitely really nice because it kind of came out of nowhere like when she asked me, I was like, I don't know. Like I've never done a book. I was like, I, I just don't know if I'm going to do a good job. And I kind of took it because she needed somebody who could do it kind of quickly. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't really working on anything. I was like, okay, I'll, I'll do it. It's fine. And then, yeah, it was a very pleasant surprise. <laughs> I bet. Can you talk about how that kind of came about more? Did you know the author beforehand or was it something you applied to? I didn't apply, um, and I didn't know her exactly. Um, It was a family member worked with her, and she mentioned at work one day that she wanted to do this, and he told her that he knew somebody that could maybe do it to send me an email, and that's all it took. I love it. (laughs) I love it. The knowing someone, (laughs) friend of a friend of a friend. (laughs) Yeah. So you've talked... A little bit about how Disney and some of those characters have been inspiration. Do you have any other sort of main inspirations you look to when developing your style? The one that comes to the top of my head immediately, and I feel like she's kind of the core inspiration, like everyone else that I like also looks up to her, is Mary Blair. She worked on Peter Pan and Cinderella and Alice in Wonderland, Mm -hmm. and she has this very it's very color driven and it's very simple. It's just very nice. It's like good to look at. Like she can make like three colors look like an entire scene oh, and wow. it's very, very strong design work. So I kind of go back to her immediately. Mm-hmm. And then from there, the ones that I think also look up to her a lot that I look up to now are Brittany Lee. She's the one that worked on Frozen, the one that I was telling you. I look at a lot of her work. Mm-hmm. And then Lorelei Beauvais, both her and her sister, I think, believe her name is Nasa Beauvais. Mm-hmm. They both uh, work in animation. They have a lot of those same tendencies of doing a lot of color. Um, Pernille Oram and mm-hmm. Liana He. I like both of them a lot. What is your creative process like? Do you have a certain routine when you go to sit down and draw and create something or is it kind of how you're feeling? It depends. Like I will wake up some days and I know that I need to sit down and draw something. Like even if I'm not feeling particularly motivated a particular Mm -hmm. week, like 
I'll get to maybe Wednesday and I haven't done anything the rest of the week. I'm like, I have to sit down and at least put something down. But typically I do either character designs usually or fan art in my spare time Mm -hmm. when I'm not working on commissions and stuff. Because it's fan art, I'll watch something. I'll be like, oh, I have like an immediate idea and I'll like draw it while I'm watching it. And then most things go in my sketchbook first in terms of process and I'll start it there and then I'll put it into my computer and work on it digitally. Oh, that's cool. Do you have a specific kind of character that's your favorite to draw? I, I have been told that I draw lots and lots of pretty girls <laughs> <laughs> and that I have to work on it. So I guess that they are my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you also said that you work primarily with Photoshop. Have you always kind of been drawn more towards digital art? Is that something that's come up later? I wasn't before school, like going to SCAD. Mm-hmm. I hadn't even tried it before. And then I got uh, one of the tablets, but the ones that you like hook up to your computer and you can't see what you're drawing And I was getting like so disoriented and I was like, I don't think I like Photoshop. I was like, I don't know if I'm going to work in that a lot. And I went to school and that's all they were teaching. I was like, oh, okay. Then I got a Surface Pro and it was one where I could get Photoshop on there and draw directly on the surface. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of when I took to it. I I didn't like it before that, but like once it kind of was working as a piece of paper, Mm -hmm. it was much, much easier to get used to. And now it's just about all I use at least in like personal so talking about how you kind of came into SCAD as an animation major and then became an illustration major what do you see if you saw any kind of similarities between animation and illustration and what do you think are the biggest differences that you've learned the biggest difference is in illustration you have to get the entire story across in like a single image and it has to be from the colors you choose from the composition and you have to get all of that in a still single image whereas animation you can really go in a little bit deeper and you have a lot more space and time to get that story across like you can do it in the acting and you can do it in like the voice that you choose and like the poses you put them in I mean, I imagine that if you are in an illustration situation where you have to get everything out in the one place versus the animation, do you kind of like that challenge to it? Or do you sometimes wish like, oh, I wish I could be a little bit easier and tell a story through a couple different series of events? I go back and forth. It depends usually on how successful my illustration is. Like when I get it right, I'm like, yes, this is so much better. And then when I mess it up, I'm like, I wish I had like seven other panels that I could really. (laughs) Yeah, I can imagine. How do you think that this past, you know, year, year and a half, however long it's been in this, you know, crazy pandemic time, did that affect your work? It did. And I think it honestly affected it a little bit more positively. It gave me, because I worked at a movie theater. And so, of course, I was out of a job and it just gave me a lot of time to work on my own style and my portfolio. And then it gave me a lot of time almost to go on social media, which sounds really bad, but I was able to kind of get in touch with more and more people Mm. and get more and more work out there 
and it got me like a little bit more attention. So I got like a couple more commissions than I would say I usually would have mm-hmm. within the last year. And then I got um, this character design job that I was just telling you about. And that was kind of because I've been on LinkedIn all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's really refreshing to hear because I think a lot of people have, I like to ask this question to almost everyone because I think as creatives, it's, I found it to be really challenging in just kind of feeling stuck in the, it's so hard to create. It's so you know, like, why would I want to go and sit down and do this when everything else is so loud that's going on outside? Mm-hmm. That's refreshing that you were able to find some <laughs> clarity with it. Part of it was while it has been stressful, I've been trying to look at it as well. Look at how much time I have. Look at all this stuff that I can accomplish yeah. in this time. <laughs> so you also are a freelance artist. Mm-hmm. You maybe talk about some of the things you've learned since graduating about the world of freelance and everything about that. Super stressful. Don't let it get to you too much. Mm -hmm. Um, And then kind of going back to what I was just saying is if you don't have any work going on right now, I would spend time looking through Instagram and trying to like familiarize yourself with people. Mm -hmm. Cause listen, a lot, so much of it has just come from posting a lot like a lot of my commissions come from Instagram followers oh wow and it's like personal uh like portraits that they want done yeah so a lot of them will come to me and I can do work for them and then the character design job I have just came from a girl on LinkedIn she was like hey we're looking for people shoot me an email and I would also say like, don't be afraid to kind of be like a pain. And sometimes they'll email me back and say, you know, we're not looking for anybody or they'll say, you know, I looked at it, it's good, you know, and it hasn't done a ton, but it gets your name out in front of people and you just don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, especially in such a digital world. I think that's really awesome that you're kind of making that a priority to, especially that's where you're getting a lot of commissions. That's awesome. Also, I think for freelancers, it's helpful to have like a really strong online presence because yeah. people will just bump into you. How do you think that, I mean, once you're, when you're in SCAD, it's such an overwhelming community of creatives that it's, it's really easy to feel super inspired by everything. And it's really fun to be collaborative and working with different people who are around you. How have you felt that shift maybe since being outside of it after graduating? I personally feel, and I felt like this for quite a while after graduating, it's kind of slacked off a little bit. Mm -hmm. I felt like I wasn't improving and it was like really disappointing Mm -hmm. for a really long time after getting out. Cause where I was like, not to say that I was necessarily like super competitive, but like I would see these other people's work and I'd be like, oh, that's what I should be doing. And I was like pushing myself a little bit harder then. And then once I'm out, I'm like, I know everything, everything's fine. And then when I don't have anybody to like compare myself to, it's, yeah, I felt like I had stalled out for a really long time. And so what I did, it was just over a year ago, actually. I took a couple weeks off of Instagram and I just kind of sat down and worked on a lot of different things for myself, for my portfolio and just kind of looked at what I was doing and what I wanted to do better. And Mm. I've been trying to keep up with that, even though I'm back on social media. I was like, I kind of just had to take a break 
for a little while where I was seeing other people who were better and then I felt like I wasn't getting any better so <laughs> that was very stressful yeah. but was it a little bit of time away really helped and then just kind of holding myself to a higher standard on my own now and realizing that that's what the problem was mm. has been really really helpful I just wanted to end sort of by asking a little bit of a general question, just if you have any advice to people who may be listening about either if they're pursuing an illustration career, if they're about to graduate, if they're a freelancer, anything you wanted to say? Um, If you were still in school, the one thing that I wish that I had done was apply for like every internship you can Mm -hmm. find that is like relevant to anything that you want to do. Because I wasn't, because I was like, I'm not good enough. I'm not going to get it. And then it has put like such a weight on me because I don't have any experience. So now I'm having to make up, like I could have had that on my resume when I graduated. I applied for all of these internships, but because I didn't have it, I didn't have any like names or like any sort of experience in animation before moving forward. Mm. So it's taken a while to kind of, get back to a point where I can start putting I have this and this and this and I applied for all of these things and then if you're out of school I would say if you can find trainee positions they're kind of the same as internships except you can be out of school apply for those (laughs) (laughs) yeah I think that's great I think that's the the main thing did you also um something that I'm kind of continuing to learn as I'm almost done with school is how accessible advisors are even after you graduate. Did you find yourself going back to your advisors? Um, I haven't really. So I, after graduating, I didn't really go back because mm-hmm. I didn't really know them in my time there. I have emailed, I had a professor that was like really good with all of us. And we like, like I personally learned a lot from him. And so I have emailed him in the past, but it's been a little while. I haven't really, I was mostly doing it like right at the beginning when I was applying for like a ton of jobs everywhere. I've reached out more to professors after graduating than I have other staff members. Yeah, well, I still think that that's, I mean, I think professors absolutely shape the way that you kind of view your artwork and how you can even be yourself. So I think that establishing those connections is really important and I'm glad that um, that's true for you as well. Hello everyone, this is Elise again. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Emily and hearing about her colorful and kid-friendly art style. I wanted to thank you for listening to this week's episode. Check back again on Sunday, May 23rd for our 12th episode. As always, our podcast is available on Spotify or at scaddistrict.com. Thanks again.